Hello and welcome to Moose and Squirrel, but we're married. This is Dr. Patricia Brewer. Ooh, that came out odd. I'm John Brewer. <laughs> and we're watching season two, episode three of Supernatural, best TV show ever. And this one's called Bloodlust. Oh. What do you think it's about? Uh, it's going to be about Dean trying to get laid, right? <laughs> oh, hopefully. If there's lust in there, then it's Dean, for sure. Well, I told you what it was about last week, but should I should I refresh your sure, mind? Sure, I don't remember. Okay, written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Robert Singer, so Dream Team. Um, original air date, October 12, 2006. Is the only good vampire a dead vampire? Seems like a no-brainer. Then Sam and Dean discover a nest of undead who have forsworn drinking human blood and need protection from an obsessed vampire hunter. And Dean's going to try to have sex with one of them. Probably. But the worst part about this, I think, is that it totally gives away, like, the big twist. That they're vampires? That don't eat human blood. Oh, okay. So like, that's like the twist. That's the whole first straight, act. Straight edge vampires? Yeah. I mean, this probably was... This was a time when straight edge was definitely more of a thing than it is now. Is straight edge still a big thing? Yes. Like, were people getting the X tattoos on them? Yes. Really? Yes. How do you know? Because I know. Because you're, like, fancy? No. I've not met too many straight edge people in my life. Oh, no God. sex. No drugs. No alcohol. I don't think they consider, they do the no sex. I thing. think some of them do. But some of them are, like, no caffeine. Oh. But, like... They're all, as long as there are no alcohol, no drugs, I think they're kind of I think accepted. the people that are no sex sometimes are like more horned up than anybody else. Well, that's because they're not having sex. I know. They do everything else besides it. Lots of virgins can... have done everything, but what you looking at? Oh, you're oh, looking so up straight I edge. I wanted to see if they're, they refrain from alcohol, tobacco, and recreational drugs. Ah. Yes, that was, a, but there's some that... Oh, see, some extends to promiscuous sex, Ooh. following vegetarian or vegan diets, and not using caffeine or prescription drugs. So, like, being pregnant? Huh? Well, I meant for the part with the caffeine or prescription drugs or, or alcohol. The, or the sex? <laughs> not promiscuously, anyway, John. <laughs> Am I right, everybody? I Hello, suppose. family that listens to this podcast. <laughs> They well, I know. think they must know, because they know I'm pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Nine weeks, what, what? The baby is the size of an olive, a green olive, mm-hmm. and has fingers. And apparently the fingers are wider at the ends than they are at the beginnings. So they look like aliens? Yes. Sweet. We have an alien. Yeah. A little baby alien inside of me. It's inside me! <laughs> the scary thing is you're going to have to push that out when it's the size of a watermelon. Yeah. I saw a video on TikTok where you someone... the birth? No, I've seen oh. birth videos. Oh, gross. I've seen several. But, like, I saw one hippie video of a birth video where a woman gave birth in a tub mm-hmm. herself. She grabbed it, and she had an orgasm during it. I'm like, this is weird. It was weird. But anyway, what really freaked me out is I was on TikTok, and I was watching Mama Dr. Jones. There's maybe YouTube or something. Mama Dr. Jones is really great. But she's showing you what size your uterus gets. And she's trying to make you feel better. Because after the baby's born, the placenta gets ripped out or rips itself out. You have a dinner plate size wound inside of your uterus from where the placenta was, right? So what she does to make you feel better is she takes, Mama Dr. Jones takes a balloon and blows it up to right before it pops and says, it's bigger than this usually, 
but this is the size your uterus gets while pregnant. And the thing is huge. It's a giant balloon. And I'm watching this thing and she goes, and see, yeah, it's a dinner plate size hole to begin with, but over the next two weeks, it's going to deflate. And she slowly deflates it. And she's like, this is the size it's going to be in three days. And it's still like pretty, still pretty good size party balloon. And I'm just like, that's supposed to make me feel better? Apparently. <laughs> I'm going to be pretty big. Mm. My boobies are pretty big. Yep. They got bigger again. Yep. And it's and I get out of breath. But, and my heart rate's higher than it used to be. I'm currently beating at 96 beats per minute. And the short story is we have fancy phones now, that, or fancy watches that show what we beat at. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this has been Trisha's body morph corner, because my body's morphing into something. Into um, two bodies. Into two bodies, which is pretty horrible. Were you trying to make a pun? Something, something transitioned to watching the show. Oh, okay. You excited about it? <laughs> yeah. You like vampires? I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's go. Oh my god, John's not paying attention. I was paying attention. You're literally texting right now on I'm your not phone. I'm texting, and I was paying attention. You were missing out on this podcast for the sake of 38 cents for doing a Google review. What was it about? What was your opinion that was so important that you missed? Never mind. I didn't miss it. I was watching it. Okay, well, what was I your opinion a, about? I watched a lady get her head cut off with a, <laughs> a sickle. In Red Bank, Montana? No. No? No, it was... You had your phone out to look up and see if it's a real place, and then you're texting. Red Lodge, Montana. Red Lobster, Montana. Red Lodge, and it's a real place. (laughs) And it's a real place. So basically, we just had the perfect, like, (laughs) 2006 white girl running in the woods, you know, at night, and she gets her head cut off by a bad guy. Mm -hmm. He's wearing, like, a cape and a hat and has a sickle. Yep. It's not a very nice thing to do to somebody, huh? Yeah. Sometimes I deserve it. Should we... Oh, and uh, again, I've got to say, I really love the uh, title cards for this season, which is like Supernatural, and it's like fire over Supernatural when it comes on. It's really good. They're they're mother burning. Yeah. Origin or Jessica. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good theme for this season, I think, is to to think about that, because everything's going going back to these moments. Um, What are your first impression? It's only 30 seconds in. Well, it would have been more of an impression if you were paying attention. That's the same impression. I know what it was. Okay. They had a pretty extensive, like, you know, like, explanatory beginning, right? Like, about, about, you know, a lot of last season, dad's dead, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Drama. Are we ready to go? Yeah. Okay, let's go. John! Yeah. There's been another death. Yeah. But guess what? The girl that was beheaded earlier was a vampire. Yes, she was. They found it by touching her tooth, her mouth, and a tooth came out. Yep, she had retractable things. So Sam and Dean come back. They're back on the road, and they're in Baby, who's all back and beautiful, and actually clean this time. Yeah. And what's the song that's being played? Back in Black. Back in Black. Bye. ACDC. ACDC. Is that classic rock? Yes. Yes, it is. The dog came into this bedroom to whine at us. Well, I think she has to go outside. I don't think so. She just was outside. She's fine. Okay. So, anyway, we are, uh, we're watching this episode. What are your thoughts? 
Well, still only I mean a quarter of the way in. Maybe. Okay, but you gotta think about like what has happened. Who did they meet? They met a vampire hunter. They met a vampire hunter, another hunter, and they learned things like that other hunters like to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And apparently, gab, 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 because, but they don't know this. And this hunter has met their dad and, and knew that their dad was dead and has heard that they're very good hunters. Yeah. Well, they have like that bar that they all hang out at, right? Yes. There's, there's yes. hunter haunts. Hunter haunts. And Dean really wanted to hunt. So even though the other hunter did not want to work with them, Dean fought, they followed him. They saved the dude's life and kill, and Dean killed a vampire with a, a chainsaw. Yep. Uh, should we let the dog out and yes. then <laughs> keep watching the show? Okay, let's go. Come on, Emma. Zombie, so what just happened? Yep. There's been a twist. Kind of. Well, I mean, it wasn't a twist because we knew what it was going to be. Because of the, the spoiler in the description. Well, and also, you could see the way it was going with Sam and... Talking to Ellen and... Well, yeah, yeah. So basically, Jean's found a new daddy. <laughs> That's a weird way to put it. Yeah, so Dean um, is getting along with this fella whose sister was murdered by a vampire, was uh, was taken by a vampire, and that's how he became a vampire hunter, because he was upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and Dean are bonding, but this fella has an idea that you kill them all, Everything is black and white. We are good. Everything that's not human is evil and it's got to die. And Dean's listening along and, yeah, let's kill all the bad guys. Meanwhile, Sam calls up Ellen, who says... He's a bad dude. Stay away from him. He's a bad dude. He's like a good hunter, but he's a good hunter in the sense that Hannibal Lecter is a good psychiatrist. (laughs) Which is a great line. Um, And so Sam gets kidnapped by the vampires... And it turns out the like a bartender uh, that they saw earlier yeah. is a vampire. Yep. And he also plays a vampire later in season um, eight, I think I want to say. Um, Does he play it? Is it Eli? No, he plays a guy named Benji. I think his name is Ben... Something like that. I don't think it's the same vampire, but he does play a vampire um, in season eight. Well, maybe they just changed their names Wait, when they moved out. Is it season eight or is it... No, it's season eight. Is that season... Yeah. Huh? Maybe they just changed their names when they moved towns. Maybe, maybe. Um, so, in any case, they get kidnapped. They get told by um, the chick that played Willow's girlfriend on Buffy the Vampire Slayer that these are good vampires that only cow blood. Yep. And they're responsible for the cattle mutilations. Yeah, makes sense. But what I don't understand is why don't they just get a farm and grow their own cattle and then they don't have to mutilate cattle for That's this? That's very, very expensive. I know, but you know, like, they could literally just get jobs in a cattle processing plant and drink all the blood they want. Yeah. But anyway, maybe it's a part of the hunt. I don't know. I'm not a vampirologist. I just recently had seen a tweet where someone said, how do vampires get all their money? And someone said, if if you've been alive since the 6th century and you don't have a savings, you should just walk into the lake. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about that recently because, um, you know, it's a part of the, the part of the sexy vampire romance stuff that you read is that they're obscenely wealthy, right? Mm. And there's something very sexy about it because it's usually a, a female character that doesn't have a lot of money, if any at all, pulling herself up our bootstraps that gets infatuated with or by a vampire who then showers her with gold and riches. Wow. If you're eternal and 
you need to learn about compounding interest, <laughs> then you could be rich. It takes one stats course. <laughs> you, you live for 200 years and you have money in a savings account, you will be rich. Yeah, I mean, or you just have to be clever about how you move money around and all that good stuff and what you're interested in and, and all that. And also, if you're a vampire, you're killing people, you can take their stuff. But you just they're not killing people, they're living off cows. Well, these ones are just living yeah. off cows. I just mean in general, general vampires. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of, I feel like a lot of vampires probably lost their money in the recession and during the Great Depression and all that stuff. Like if they have stuff in savings, stocks and bonds and stuff like that. I mean, the bank accounts have not been like secured um, forever. If they would have kept it in over through the Great Depression and kept it. Yeah, but skyrocketing. Yeah, but that's only if their like bank account didn't their bank didn't go bust or something, and that's just kind of luck. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've done our little mini vampire economics class, which Mm -hmm. I like, um, so Sam has decided that we shouldn't really kill these guys because they're they're not killing people. They seem fine, and they're gonna leave this town or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They've asked Sam to call everybody off, so Sam goes to see Dean who is with Gordon, is the, finally remembered his name. He's with Gordon, and they're just talking about how they're going to find it. Sam talks to Dean privately, but of course Gordon listens. Yep. Then he le- Gordon leaves with the keys. Yeah. Because they've narrowed it down. It's like a particular type of farmstead they must be staying on, and Sam mentioned a bridge that it was near where they were. So everyone's figured yeah. out where it is. So now Dean's got a hot wire baby. Yep. Just because, fixed it. Yeah, he just fixed it. And now he's got to rip the, all the wires yeah. out and stuff. Poor Dean. This malarkey. Poor little buddy. But anyway, I'm excited to see the great resolution. Yeah, I'm kind of guess what's going to happen. Oh, there was a great argument. Okay. Between Sam and Dean just now. And it was because Sam, Dean was like on that line of like, we should kill them because they're bad because they're different. And Sam doesn't think that way about supernatural. He says that we should hunt and kill evil. Yeah. Not that anything that just happens to be supernatural. And this comes up a lot, I think, between these two. Oh, I think it's since the beginning of time. Probably since the beginning of time. If something is different, we must kill it, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, happened in, like, every society ever. And what the important thing, of course, is that Sam's different. He's got supernatural powers. Yeah. So if a supernatural being should just be killed because... Then, yeah, he's got to yeah, go. I've got, like, sneezes in my nose. I'm spicy tonight because, like... I've been sick for about a thousand years. <sighs> you're like Popeye's chicken. You're so spicy. <laughs> okay. Well, you're very cute. Like a beautiful chicken. Yeah. You're like a beautiful chicken. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Should, will it get me to watching the rest of this episode? Yes. All right. Let's watch it. Good episode. Yeah. So, Gordon wanted to kill the vampires. Yep. Sam didn't. Dean was on the fence. Dean wanted to kill them until Sam's just like, please just listen to me. And yep. and Sam's and Dean's like, well, just, you know, Daddy Gordon says they're bad. Yeah. We shouldn't well, have to listen to Ellen. We barely know her. Well, the whole thing is kind of an allegory for even if you're raised racist. You, yeah. You get to know people and know that they're... They want the same things as you, even if they're different. Yeah, the very end, you know, Dean is talking to Sam about how he says he wishes he never took the job, right? And what happens is they go, Dean really realizes that these vampires are not evil. They're not killing people. They're just trying to live their lives. 
So basically, he turns on Gordon. There's a big fight. They save the vampire because Gordon was being creepy and like torturing her. Yeah. And like really That's, creepily. It, it is kind of shitty though that the first time you meet a black character, they turn him into like a no, racist. No, there's been black characters. There's a racist truck. I know. Well, yeah, and but they been, were minors. there's like, black sheriffs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but not like. Uh, yeah. He's supposed to be one of them. He's an equal to them. Yeah. So I would say that, I mean, that's interesting the way you say that. We, you and I talked about this at length the first time we saw this episode. So um, Gordon is played by a, a black actor named Sterling K. Brown, who was also Lieutenant Dustin Matthias in Frozen 2. Oh, sure. Everything. But no, he's been in a lot of movies and television. Great actor. Like, he plays the heck out of this role. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just find it odd that they bring in the first black hunter and he's like shitty. Um, I'm trying to think because certainly I think in the roadhouse there were probably some black hunters in the background, but he is like one of the first hunters you meet that's shitty. You know, we don't know a lot about hunters, um, but the interesting thing about the thing is though, I can't imagine anyone ever playing this character besides him. Because I think he's amazing. Yeah, and he, he comes up again. Job, we get to sure. see him again. And so if you're just going, if you're just casting based on acting, yeah. I can't imagine that many people were able to get the intensity and yeah. the power I and under- the insanity of this actor. I understand that. And I guess if that was the case, then it's just a poor coincidence, I guess. I don't know. I think that the thing is, they don't actually have many main characters that are hunters. That this Gordon's pretty much the only hunter besides Bobby that they've talked to. I mean, they've talked to yeah. Ellen, and, and you see hunters and in the background, son, but she's not a hunter. Her, her son. Ellen doesn't have a son. She oh. he's a daughter. She has a daughter. What about the the mullet guy? He's not a hunter either. He's just a mullet guy that went to MIT. Oh well, he knew everything about. Demons yeah, he knows stuff. everything about that. He's just not a hunter. And so, of the hunters we've met, we we've heard of them. Yeah. Right? And in season one... There was another one, too, wasn't there? I thought there was... Yeah. Uh, who got his throat slit by Meg. Oh, yeah. Well, she... Yeah, in season one, a lot of people died. People that we'd heard about or seen yeah. in a scene. Um, and certainly, like, it, it's interesting, right? Because this is almost like... Even though there was a racist truck episode. Yeah. Right? It's almost like in the demon hunting world, we're in this post-racial world where we get the bad guys are just everybody else. And that's Gordon's character. And he literally says things are black and white. Right? But it's it's not. It's not. It's shades of gray. And so, but Gordon can't see that. And as Ellen says, you know, he's a psychopath. Yeah. And he just happens to find a calling. And I, I suspect that there's probably... A lot of hunters that are like that, right? That people that just like... Uh, there's probably a lot of them that are in it for revenge. A lot of them are in it for revenge. Maybe for the film. I mean, maybe just like... Maybe all of them. Maybe all of them. But in, in this guy's case, like, you know, you have to have a certain type of mentality to be able to become a hunter. This guy was crazy, but like, it, it's interesting. This, so this final conversation between Dean and Sam and, and Dean says he wishes he never they never took this job because now he's realizing that... The people that he've... How many of the of the monsters that he's hunted, including the one he killed early in this episode, how many of them didn't deserve to die? How many of them are good? Because they were raised to hate them. And he still feels hate in his heart for all monsters because that's how their father raised them. And, you know, Dean, of course... Or Sam is now saying, 
dad just was doing the best he could because that's kind of Sam's line right now. Like he's just doing the best he could in a hard situation. But I mean, he did teach his kids to hate everything that's not human. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to kill it, <laughs> to kill everything that's not human. Um, so it's it's interesting because now you're having to see the monsters as more than just monsters and horrible, right? They have like the love. There's like loving, touching, and and discussions between the vampires in this episode. And by loving, touching, I just mean like. And the first time we see vampires, we see overly sexual, you know, everything is drinking and, and, and fighting and, and blooding people up and torturing people and robbing and killing and things like that. And so the touching is not, it's not loving, even though in theory, these, these people, these evil people love each other, right? Yeah. But in this case, you actually see people like comforting each other and going through something together. So you're seeing like, people you know that are that happen to be vampires right yeah um and so it's the the humanization but i mean it's interesting i wonder how much it would have come up in 2006 as is as an is this an allegory for racism or something else i think so because this would have been at the height of um like muslim terrorism you know in 2006 yeah what you mean the fear of mothers and sons? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. And I, the, okay. And the still of the the like after nine eleven. Yeah, because it's two thousand six. Like, this is before, like a lot of the before Black Lives Matter, of course. And yeah, I was, that, right? I was talking about yeah, I was talking about external racism still. Oh, okay. So you're thinking about like I'm the, not thinking um, of black and xenophobia. white xenophobia. Yes, I'm not thinking about black oh. and white. I'm thinking more about. Muslims, like a direct uh, xenophobic thing, because these are like the foreign other yeah. that must therefore be evil. Because this would have been that murky time when it was like blind hate towards Muslims because yeah. of nine eleven still. And well, this is interesting, and I wonder what a writer on the show would say because I know what they're the, some of the, the major things they're exploring in the fact that Sam is different, right? And we find more and more out about Sam's supernatural things. We know that the the de- yellow eyed demon like put blood in his mouth as an infant. We know that like he did this to a lot of other children like Sam, and that you know there's lots of people that have died. That you know we know this from the episode where they found someone like Sam, um, that had more power or whatever. Um, and so Sam's grappling with being different. Dean's grappling with Sam being different, and one of the ways he does it which I think a lot of people that do when they have a close family member that's different is they double down on their hatred of difference, yeah. but except for their, their friend. It's kind of like saying, like, I can't be racist. I've got a black friend. Yeah. You know, or I can't be Islamophobic because I have, you know, Muslim friends. But that's a really interesting way to, to think about it. I didn't, because every other time when we had this conversation last, I didn't know you were referring to that type of, like, xenophobic racism Instead of black racism. Yeah, because back then it was like just, you know, there was people who would want to just kill all yeah. the Muslims. and You, you know, know, there's other... Turn I, turn Afghanistan into a parking lot. You know, yeah. you have that talk all the time. So what happens with Supernatural in general, right, when we get other characters that... Some of them stay longer, but most characters that we meet, that even in a one-off like this or in a few episodes, end up meeting a brutal de- demise, <laughs> Right. Um, and so we don't get to see them for long, you know, we don't see them for like forever, but we get to see them, um, 
briefly and and powerfully, and then they die. <laughs> is this does this vampire hunter ever uh... comes? He's in four episodes. Okay. So he comes back. I think it says it said four episodes on the on his wiki on his filmography. He's also been on Sesame Street as himself. Oh. That's yep. my fault for having my drugs yeah, alarm on. Happens every time we record this. <sighs> it's because we never have it done before eight when yeah. it was supposed to come out. But yeah, I it's interesting though because I don't know that. I think there's something with casting where you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't in certain cases. In this case, I just can't imagine anyone else playing Gordon. Yeah, I got so, it. I just think it was. Uh... It would have been nice if they would have put this later to introduce other hunters first. Yeah. So it's kind of like, hey, they finally got uh, some diversity, and then he's horrible. Yeah. Well, um, the king of the vampires is a black guy. We have, we've seen the king of the vampires? We'll find out in season six. Wow. <laughs> I just gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, a part of me, I don't want to give the show any passes for their, you know, I, I think that it's, I'm, I'm going to be, it's interesting watching this again in this context, right? Where we're talking about it and thinking about things. And, and one thing, thinking about the kind of racial makeup of people, and obviously the two leads are white dudes. Um, and you know, a lot of the people that are in their work, in their circuit are white as well. well you're bound to get that because this was... Well, filmed in Canada, Vancouver in two thousand six. Yeah, but I think <coughs> Which, it's. I think this is geared towards, you know, white bitches. <laughs> well, yeah, it's two handsome white. Well, dudes it's and... like, but that's the characters. But you see them like, as you go along. There's, I think there's a couple seasons where I, even watching it as a big fan, I'm like, it's very white this season because usually because the thing is, you've got your two main characters that you see every episode, and then the tertiary characters, and usually. There's some representation, unless it's a small episode with only a few people. There's usually just kind of different well, kinds of representation of different races and, and genders. And but stuff. look where their hunts have been: northern yeah. Montana, yeah. Wisconsin. You know. Yeah, and so and they have, like, I remember thinking in 2014, 15, like, man, I don't think that there's a lot of. It seems like there's not as much representation as there used to be of just like my representation. I just mean like. The sheriff being black in, like, the first episode, <laughs> right? You know, the yeah. first episode, it's like, there are black people in the first episode, but not in, like, it felt like in the whole season of one season. But then um, the year Donald Trump got elected, I feel like their response to it was, like, every single secondary character was Latina, was was black, was, like, another race, um, than just white, right? yeah. white and, and heterosexual. And I think that was kind of like a... Pendulum swing of just like, oh, maybe we should like make a point of representation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was done on purpose. I just think it's a matter of it's the, the type of show it was, where it was filmed. Yeah. You know, the subject matter. And, you know, who knows when they filmed this particular episode, if it was meant to be here. Certainly there's certain plot. Excuse me. There's emotional development that occurs here that doesn't necessarily have to occur right here. You know, this is one of those things like, did they, did Kripke know to put this episode in this spot or was this an episode that was oh. thought up and then it was, cause it's a total 
pocket episode. Like they have like brother conversations with each other. But, but it's it's the reintroduction of the car too. Oh, that's true. So they would have to have put it as one of the first episodes. That's true. I mean, but the thing is, they travel. didn't have to reintroduce the car. It could have been like the eighth episode. You know, because the reintroduction of the car scene, which was the very long, like, um, could have happened in any episode where they're going somewhere, right? Because they usually have to drive for a hunt. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting thinking about this going forward. They certainly do deal with xenophobia and racism in other ways later on. And, like, and speciesism. I just thought this was, like, a colloquialism for, like, like he says, you're, you know, my dad... Raised me to hate these people. Yeah, I mean, that's a really... I mean, and certainly, like, a whole class of beings <laughs> thinking of them as evil. It is very interesting and does follow along with my narrative that John Winchester was a piece of trash. He wasn't a piece of trash. He was doing a piece of best. trash. That's what you say. But he he was angry. Oh, yeah. He was pretty angry. Well, they took his wife away, you know, in a ball of flame. Yeah, that's got to be pretty tough. Yep. You gotta well, put your yourself in other people's shoes. Is that what? It's six months after your baby's born. Is that what you're gonna do? You're gonna like Start take the fire? kids and like no. Oh. If I get on the fire, if I end up on the ceiling of the bedroom, are you if, gonna you like? Know, I'm gonna start hunting demons. Hunting demons, abandon kids, your family. Make the kids raise themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, like make Lee drop out of college, come back. Yep. Though at that point, the Sophie should be old enough to take yeah, the reins I, as the adult child. She'd be a good dean. She'd be. <laughs> Who would be the best hunter amongst our kids? Um, I have I have an opinion. Probably Eden. I was that was mine too. I just think that she like we could train her up right, but she's definitely the strongest kid yeah. by far. She's the youngest, but she's definitely the strongest kid, and I think she could be very focused. And I think she uh, she if we raise if you raised her to be a bloodthirsty killer, she would be. Hopefully we just raise her to be a kind, generous person like she currently yeah. is. So far, but so Dean good. is kind and generous. Yeah, he is. But he just kind of was raised in a bad scene. Lola has currently been underneath the blanket this whole time. Because I tried to make the bed and she didn't like it. And I just kind of put the be- the bedding over her. And she's just been sitting there motionless. But I think Jeez. she likes it. Yeah, I checked on her a couple of times. It's sure nice and warm. Closer. I pat her a little, and she's just like, no, Mom, yeah. this is not, it's sleepy time. Um, so, anything, I think that's it. Wow, this episode's pretty long. Yeah. It's a good episode. Um, should I tell you about the next episode? Sure. Okay. Episode four. We're still on the first disc, but the, I don't oh, think, yeah. I think there's fewer it's discs. It's Blu-ray, yeah, because they can fit more Yeah, episodes. there's only like four discs. Okay. <clears throat> Children shouldn't play with dead things, John. That's the title of the episode? Yes. Written by Rael Tucker. And good advice. And <laughs> directed by Kim Manners. That's what Charlene uh, Chucky calls the baby a baby tomato. And mom's response... Mo- I mentioned that to mom and I was like, yeah. No, I mentioned that to you. And I was like, yeah, I can't eat baby tomatoes. And you're like, that's great because you shouldn't eat the baby either. <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> children shouldn't play with dead things. Uh, Rail Tucker is the writer, directed by Kim Manners again. Okay, so original air date ten nineteen oh six. A corpse with a black thumb. When the Winchester brothers visit a cemetery to pay their respects to their murdered mother, they find a nearby grave with an eerie power to kill all the life around it. <laughs> that is weird. <coughs> well, my coughing tells me it is time to go to bed.
Okay. And there's just two things left to do. Husband picks the music. And wife shuts her cake hole. Goodbye. Hi there. Welcome to the secret track by Trish. John's sleeping in the next room, so I thought I'd go ahead and tell you how you can contact us. Please email up to and including death at gmail.com. Hit us up on our socials, up to an ID at just about everywhere. That is two with the number two. And if you have a moment, it would be great if you could review us on iTunes or anywhere else. I'd also like to thank Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middles of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice, it's uh, copyrighted 2017, licensed under Creative Commons Attributions, share like license. And I'm going to go ahead and add the link to this to the show notes. Thank you, Stefan. And thank you, listeners. Goodbye.